G'day and welcome back to G'day Gridiron for another our, another one of our episodes. Uh, the opposite episode to our free agency AFC episode, of course it's free agency NFC. So we're going all in and around the NFC today. Uh, of course, we've got back Manjot, Mark and Brad. Uh, we basically go, if you've listened to our other one, which you should have by now, uh, because it is the first one out, so logically you should listen to them in order. Um, basically, all we're doing is we've got a team each per division, right through the conference, three minutes for each team. Fingers crossed we can get in under three minutes, uh, and we'll just do a pretty quick wrap-up, or a bit of a wrap-up, or a bit of a dive into each one on what they've done in free agency, what stuff we like. Um, what stuff seems a bit weird, because there's actually some weird stuff in the NFC. Um, and I don't know whether anyone else found that, but I definitely did. Um, but yeah, apart from that, how are we boys? Manjot, how you going? Going well, man. You know, this is going to be a pretty good episode, NFC. Three of us have teams in the NFC, so there's going to be a lot of team talk. All in the different division too, so three of the divisions go feature one of our teams. So, yeah. very excited to see that. And of course, so so Brad, so obviously everyone knows Manjot is 49ers. Anyone that's listened for knows that uh, I'm the Vikings and I hate every minute of it every day. Um, Brad <laughs> is our is our resident Cowboys fan. Brad also has a couple, another couple of teams in the NFC that he has a bit of a fondness for as well. So I do. He uh, he I... asked for a few of those. Of course, he we we found out Manjot and I found out on a, on a previous podcast that Brad grew up as a uh, Seahawks fan. Oh, shut up. <laughs> Massive conspiracy is there. <laughs> which, which was a which which he dropped in the middle of a podcast. So we that was a mind blowing situation for the two of us. Um which we caught him see, we caught him in that Seahawks jacket. Yeah, we caught <laughs> We called him of course we called him Seahawks Brad for at least a month after that as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sure. uh, yeah, so I expect that, uh, Mark, I expect really expect you to be giving a lot of uh, shit out here to um, to the NFC teams, uh, being the only AFC guy in the in the podcast, in the room. It's just going to be an entire episode just slinging shit at teams that I have no, not one care about. <laughs> not one care about. You know, yeah, not one. It's just a rubbish conference. It shouldn't even exist. Oh. Well, it, I mean, it has to exist even for the sole purpose of you being able to play somebody in the Super Bowl. Except the Dolphins. No one is going to beat Patrick Mahomes. Okay, except, like he's just going to win everything right. for the next decade. Well, exactly. Oh, without, the Dolphins aren't getting to the Super Bowl. Look, without no. the <laughs> NFC, there's no the- NFL. There's no AFC. Just want to remind you. That is, that is true. The NFC is the original. So, And, Just of course, it's the only time the Vikings have actually won any kind of championship. <laughs> but you have a really yeah. good stadium, so that's what counts. We have a shit-hot stadium. Um, unfortunately, we, know, we no longer have our only Super Bowl-winning coach, though. Uh, rest in peace, bud. Um, but, yeah, it is what it is. One day we might get there. Uh Certainly won't be with Kirk Cousins unless there's some kind of weird fucking miracle this year. Um, righto, I guess let's dive in. We're going to go to uh, NFC East to start with. Um, Manjot professed a bit of a love for the Giants and the fact that I allocated in the Giants. So let's start off with Manjot and the New York Giants. 
Yes, so the New York Giants, a massive offseason for them, especially in the offensive side of the ball. They locked up the quarterback, running back, and traded for a T, and also signed the wide their top wide receiver as well. So let's get through it. So obviously, Daniel Jones, the big one, four-year, $160 million deal. Saquon Barkley getting the franchise tag. You got Sterling Shepard and Darius Slayton re-signing with the team which was massive for their wide receiver core. And they traded the 100th overall pick for Darren Waller. And you look at defense as well. They also got Jared Davis, Bobby O'Kerrigy, and they even secured their punter, Jamie Gillian, on a two-year $4 million deal. So there, there's a bit going on, all three units for them. And look, the massive question I've got is, was Daniel Jones worth that much money? I, I just want to hear what you guys got to think about that. I'll start with Ian. Oh, yeah. Man, I look, I think Daniel Jones, it's a QB. It's a QB market. And he's actually not paid that much uh, in relative terms to other QBs. There's other ones out there that are going to fetch a lot more and bigger price tags. Um, of course, yeah, you've got uh, what, Joe Burrow and Herbert now um, currently coming up to contracts. Is that right? Yeah, Herbert? Yeah. yeah. I know Burrow is. I know he used start his contract talks at the moment. So you've got guys who are going to go for a lot more money. Uh, and I expect that... Um, Jones is going to be basically at the bottom end of that uh, that spectrum, uh, and they really need it between between him and Saquon Barkley. They had to they had to do something to keep both because you're just not going to go out and find another QB with um, certain upsides that Daniel Jones has uh, at such a low price right now. Um, I'm not sure what the other boys if the other boys think anything about that either. But well, my question is is What's Daniel Jones going to get you? Because ultimately your goal is the Super Bowl, or at least you make a run at it and be in contention for it. And is is Dan, do you really believe Daniel Jones is going to get you there? Um, I mean, he's improved and he's a great locker room guy, and it sounds like they love him and he does all the right things. But do you really think he's going to have the maturation like um, – uh, the Philly quarterback, you know, is he going to grow like that? Um, I, I don't know. I mean, they, they were going to basically cut him before this last season and then he turned it on. So if he can show that continued growth, then yeah, great. It'll be good value. But otherwise, uh, I worry about it. Yeah, I think it's the, I think the point is the, the first year on the Dayball system. Uh, and, yeah. and I think more, it's going to be more about building for them under Dayball system. So, think that's where that, that part is. But glad to see they kept both Saquon as well. Um, and, yeah, they're gonna, they look like they're going to be a team that will be able to at least um, at least I hopefully achieve another wild card berth. So. Hmm. Uh, righto. How about we go to – let's go with Brad with the Cowboys. Brad's Cowboys. Love to. Love to. Your future 2023 Super Bowl champion. <laughs> <laughs> In what alternate universe? Which uh, <laughs> universe I appreciate that. Uh, actually, you know, unlike previous years, I used to always say – the Cowboys were just so vanilla in free agency that they were never going to be able to get anything done. But Jerry showed a little, uh, 
pizzazz this this uh, off season. So he was able to make a push. The trade for Brandon Cooks that is huge. So they fleeced, in my opinion, they fleeced the uh, Texans, but the Texans had no bargaining power. So they needed somebody a burner, and that's what they got with Cooks. Uh, I really love their re-signings. So bringing back Donovan Wilson at safety, bringing back Leighton Vander Esch, really reasonable price. Um, and then, of course, also uh, making the trade that they got. It's, it's just it's, it blows me away just how effective they were this offseason. And then bringing in Stephon Gilmore. Um, it just I was really, really happy with the Cowboys offseason. So my question to you guys is, do you think they did enough this offseason to actually legitimately put them in contention to win the NFC? I guess you have to first ask the question of what was the problem last year? Like where were yeah. the problems? And obviously there was the, the weird start with, with Dak, uh, but Cooper Rush did a lot to sort of keep it together. Um, I like the move of, of, of letting Zeke go, uh, but keeping <laughs> Pollard. Because yeah. I think Tony Pollard is sort of, I guess he, he looked like the more functional back anyway. Uh, mm-hmm. Keeping him at a much lower price, and Zeke was way overpaid. Um, but I guess you have to, you do have to ask that question: What was the problem last year, and have they done enough so far to address those problems? Well, I, I think the problem was Dak. Um, to be honest, well, I mean, you just look at that oh. that uh, oh. NFC the, the game against the 49ers. And, you know, he has his best game of his, of his career the week before, and he has probably his second or worst game uh, the, the very next week. So, yeah. um, you know, I, 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 can they win it with Dak? Yes, but... Um, Would I'm, you say I'm, a lot of that came down to play calling and coaching that? That's what I was going to say. I was going to put up Kellen Moore was more responsible for that team losing well, than Dak. Was it Kellen Moore, though? That's the, was it Kellen Moore, though? That's what we've been finding out. Yeah, maybe Mike McCarthy, too, because I was watching some of the tape recently for those play calls, and, boy, some of those routes, like, he's just running, like, short stick plays, and the Niners were just all over that all game. Dak was given no deep throws to throw too much of it. There's no spreading out receivers, too many guys in the same place at the same time. I just thought that Kellen Moore or Mike McCarthy, whoever it was that's really ultimate, ultimately the play caller, they really were the reason that the Cowboys lost, not really Dak Prescott. And look, Dak, he did shit the bed to put in those words against the Niners. But hey, it was it was rough to watch that the play calling now that I've seen it like a week ago. I saw it. Yeah. And yeah, it's been it was rough. So if, the, if they can clean up the play calling, then perhaps Dak can have a better, better career. Well, we know what we know what Mike McCarthy thought. Uh, he he thought it was Kellen Moore. Kellen Moore's not there anymore. So uh, you know, we'll see. The time time will tell. Um, yeah, I think it's if McCarthy can make a drastic improvement, great. If he can't, if if there's a regression this year, it would not surprise me if McCarthy's gone, which any any should be. So anyway, we I can spend yep. all night talking to you about the Cowboys. <laughs> we'll do that another time, Brad. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to Mark with the Commanders. The Washington Commanders. So free agent 
uh, free agency power rankings, currently sitting 29th, uh, down from 25th post-Super Bowl. Uh, major acquisitions this off-season have been Jacoby Brissett, uh, Andrew Wiley, Trevon Scott, Nick Gates, F.E. Obata, and Cody Barton. Uh, the biggest question I have on this roster is, can Sam Howell be a, let's say, average NFL starter? I would go week one right now. I'd be starting with Jacoby Brissett. I don't know what anyone yeah. else would feel. Yeah. I, I I would. I mean, Jacoby's at least got a little bit more of a veteran uh, experience. Um, but I think either way, that team's a dumpster fire. And yeah. you you look at uh, – I read a report recently they're saying a lot of their contracts are structured and then set up so that the team kind of gets a clean slate so that it can be sold. Um Apparently, well, uh, we expect that to happen probably before the start of this season, actually. So, yeah, yeah. Um, so, the Snyder's have cleared out the building of, of any of their personal things. So, uh, and apparently, there has been already been uh, one offer of uh, around six billion. Uh, two offers of six billion. Two billion. Okay. Was, and, but one of them is a consortium which has uh, uh, Magic Johnson, of all people, in it. So, yeah. So, a, that a guy guys... also is, is that Joe Harris we're talking about? That's the one. That's the guy who owns the 76ers. Yes, I think so. Yeah, one yeah, in yes. New York, the, the Rangers or something in yeah. New York. Yeah, so, so yeah, he's got a few billion dollars lying around somehow. Um, there's another group, I think it's like a Canadian dude that is offering as well six billion dollars. So there's a couple of bids there for the commanders, but either way. No matter what happens, the ownership situation, the on-the-field product will take so long for them to develop. I really think, despite any additions they made, the subtractions and whatever, I just think the quarterback situation is just so dire. Like, they had to let go of Carson Wentz. I'm not going to say that was a bad move at all. That was definitely, possibly, their best off-season move was to get rid of Carson Wentz because now they can start over QB again. And... Look, I'm really not sure what they can do anymore at quarterback because they've tried everything, but they've continually failed every step of the way. I just feel like they've got to draft the QB if they can, or they've got to really wait until next year and tank for Caleb Williams, as we were talking about last episode, Brad. So, yeah, potentially. Yeah, yeah well, I mean... Two options. At the end of the day, it's the commanders. Does anybody really even care? They're they're like the North. <laughs> they're like North Melbourne, you know. I mean, oh, nobody just... come on, it's man. spoken by a true Cowboys fan. True oh, Cowboys fan, right there. <laughs> all right, all right, at least all right, North right. Melbourne's undefeated. Let's be fair. <laughs> right, well, let's let's talk about the better team in the division. Uh, oh. And it, oh. pain, it pains me to it pains me to say that the Philadelphia Eagles uh, are the better team in that division, but it is purely because they did get to the Super Bowl. Uh, but there may there's been a lot of there has been a lot of talk, uh, obviously, about the Eagles since the Super Bowl. Obviously, they uh, it was well known that there was a lot of free agents on that team for this this season, um, but they have quietly and it's almost very quietly managed to. Um, re-sign and restructure some con- contracts um, on both sides of the ball to the point where they are still looking like 
uh, overall a very strong team and the team that we saw in um in 2022 uh added a, i think the added the addition of of Marcus Mariota as as uh QB2 as a backup QB um is a brilliant one uh Mariota behind behind Hertz is a great pickup um I adding, love yep Marcus Mariota yeah adding Rashad Penny well, it sucks but I love it <laughs> yeah adding yeah, Rashad I think Penny everyone loves it so this is a Marcus Mariota friendly uh, uh yes Ian, you you bring up Rashad Penny. I, I know this is not a fantasy show, but he would be one of my dark horses for a potential. If, if that guy stays Ooh. healthy, he could be a, like MVP fantasy style numbers. Well, is- them now with Rashad Penny and in, in terms of a team, Rashad yeah. with, with with RBs with Rashad Penny, Gainwell, and and weirdly Boston Boston Scott, the dude who just picks up one yard TDs all the time. Um, mm. is is it's a great trio to have, and if they use them in, the, if Sirianni uses them in the same way he was using guys last season, then it's great. Still got AJ Brown on the book. Still got Devonta Smith. Quez Watkins is still there. Dallas got it. Uh, is back. Jordan Mailata, our boy, Aussie boy, of course. Um, Jason Kelsey confirming that he's coming back. Big news for that offense. Uh, you go to the other side. Still got Brandon Graham, Jordan Davis, Fletcher Cox, Josh Sweat. Holy shit, look at this team. They're still such a great team. Um, they were within a few seconds, a couple of plays away from a Super Bowl win. Um, and I think they're going to be right up there again. Um, anybody else think they're not? No, I, I, I agree with you. I think they are going to be up there. Um, I think keeping um, or being able to keep Fletcher Cox – it was was huge, and James Bradbury was huge. Uh, of course, I love the fact that they lost C.J. Gardner Johnson. Um, I love that guy. <laughs> um, but I, I, yeah, they're going to be they're going to be in contention. Uh, yep. I don't I don't think they're going to be able to get back there, but they'll they'll make they'll make some noise. Right. Great. All right, we are on to the best division in the NFC. Uh, NFC North. <laughs> so let's start off with the losers, the 2023 losers of the NFC North. Mark, how about the Packers for this season oh. for agency? Oh. <laughs> Hang on, I'm just trying to come off mute. Um... <laughs> <laughs> well, so the Packers no. and Aaron Rodgers, oh. apparently. <laughs> Someone needs to find that mute button. <laughs> that would save, solve a lot of his problems. Yes. Um, so their free agency power ranking, 19th down from 12th. Um, notes on this one are really easy. They've added nothing. Yeah. They really one have. Thing. They really They've have added, added zero things. <laughs> I have to have as many free agency additions as the Packers have had. <laughs> um, <laughs> the Look, the, the question for me is, multiple but let's just start with what's Aaron doing and mm. in terms of just simply the Packers can Jordan Love keep Green Bay relevant with what they have minus Alan Lazard man job feelings how about oh, it this this is tough watching the Packers right now because all mm. they really did was re-sign their kick returner that's all that they did that's all I really see on that sheet so like like you guys were saying, they're pretty much muted for the entirety of free agency. And I think 
with without Rodgers, they could fall a little bit. But I'm really excited in what I see in Jordan Love. I think he could be another great Packers QB because I've, I've seen some signs. Last year, the couple of times he came into the games, he was actually really good as as a QB. I thought he was phenomenal in some of the some of the drives I saw. He was just slinging it all over the place. I think without Aaron Rodgers, it's, it's a good replacement in Jordan Love. I think he's going to be ready to start a full season this year, barring injury. I think... The Packers will just ride it out to see how good he does. I'm hoping for them that that he's as good as Favre and Rodgers before him. But on the Rodgers era, I think it was pretty disappointing to only have one Super Bowl come out of it. I think the Packers did him dirty a little bit with some of the lack of free agency signings they had over the years. So that's my two cents worth there on the Packers situation. Ian, Ian, I want you to bookmark what Manjot just said there earlier. Without Aaron Rodgers, the Packers might fall a little bit. Yeah, he said uh, a little bit. I also said that they'd be last in our division. <laughs> I think with, without Aaron Rodgers, they are poo-poo. They are just, they're not going to be able to do anything in that. Now, I, I agree with you. I think love, the, the jury's still out on him. Who knows? But I think without without Rodgers, without Le- Zard, uh, without Robert Tanyan, I think they're just they're going to be hurting big time. So I and frankly, I hope they finish last. Green Bay is like they are that that city does not deserve an NFL team. I don't care about the history and all of that. <laughs> they are the, they're port they're the Port Adelaide of the NFL. Okay. <laughs> yeah. No, I just put a broom to the joint. Yeah. I do mean a little bit in that it'll probably be a one to two year rebuild, not a full on five to six year rebuild. I think that's uh, probably my definition a little bit now. Yeah, time, I'm just time will tell. Time will definitely tell. All right, isn't a cheesehead an insult? I, I don't understand why they're proud of that. Well, oh, because they're, they're fucking weird. Yeah, mm. I've never met. I've never met a, a sane, logical Packers fan. <laughs> <laughs> Great call. <laughs> Facts. <laughs> I, just, I never have. And I've talked to a few of them. It started out well and it always ended up the same way. Um, oh. It's essentially it's essentially like trying to find a Brisbane Broncos fan that can talk normally to you. So. <laughs> oh, come on, man. Come on, man. Both my Australian teams taking shots today. Oh, anyway. All right. I'm going to go with – I'm going to uh, hit us with some Vikings talk so we can get it out of the way. Yeah. Um, Right, so the Vikings obviously have made a few uh, a few moves in, during free agency, uh, and there's a lot more talks about uh, some things. Um, Kirk Cousins uh, decided to help help out the team, I guess, and we found another twenty million dollars uh, in cap space. The, the Vikings have always been really big on flying right at the uh, cap limit. They don't um, the Waves tend to not like to spend outside too much outside the cap. Uh, which is just a reality. And it's a reality that a lot of Vikings fans don't seem to understand because other teams just do it. Not every team needs to do it. So um, Nick Mullins is back uh, as our as our, our backup QB. He's still a great guy. He's still there. Kirk hasn't been hurt in 15 million years. So whoever's behind him, good luck to him. Um, re-signing Madison. Uh, re-signing Madison to a two-year deal, which was interesting. Um because obviously Cook is still there and it obviously really puts the writing on the wall for Dalvin Cook 
uh, at the Vikings. Um, also, excited, signed basically some extensions to CJ Ham, uh, new three year deal for Garrett Bradbury, Austin Schlotman re signed. Um, we lost a lot of guys off the defense, and we really haven't been signing anyone up to this point. Um, mm. Picked up, picked up Dean Lowry, uh, but I, I have a feeling now that we've got uh, Florio in there, that it's going to be uh, Flores in there, that it's going to be more like um, he's going to he he looks more like he's going to pick up, try and pick up more guys in the draft, uh, and I think Quasi's been out there in the background trying to manipulate some things and trying to do some deals to to pick up more draft. Uh, more draft capital to get that done in the later rounds, um, which is a very logical thing to do. Uh, so that's that's looking like a great thing. Um, hopefully that sort of puts a bit of a fire into the defense this year because that was the, um, I think, the one downside to the Vikings last season. The offense finally got firing. The defense went into um, went into the darkness with Aaron Rodgers apparently. Mm. Um, <laughs> a big question I threw out, and I threw out a couple of weeks ago to you boys, and Mark gave me a whole lot of stuff. Was Dalvin Cook? Uh, mm. I was wondering about whether he would end up being a bit of a uh, a draft day trade to maybe try and move up the board a bit more to really secure that um, that young QB because Quasi has already talked about the fact that he'd like to get in on um, uh, on a on a young QB and uh, that. A contract that that comes with, obviously, um, five year contract. So, do you think? Do you think there might? It looks like there might be a possibility where the Vikings. It's a good idea for the Vikings, I guess, to use Dalvin Cook um, as a trade bait to sort of move up in the draft. I, I think it's it's good and it's likely. But my question would be: Does a team want to take on his salary? Because he's making like fourteen million this year. Yes. So it, yeah, it is a little bit over the. Um, uh, yeah, it's a bit over what a lot of other running backs are making at the moment, probably about four yeah. or five mil over. Um, yeah, considering positional value. But yeah. if, if a team if a team feels like you know like like a like a San Diego or something that that could potentially need a running back and feel like that might push them over the edge, um, you never know. Never know exactly. Righto, excellent. Um, I did. I did see a quick mock draft earlier from CBS that had you taking Nolan Smith from Georgia, edge rusher. Good kid. So, I listened to an interview yeah. with him on um, on McAfee yesterday. Actually, um, good dude. Like, really has his head screwed on. Uh, absolute genius too. Apparently, he's a he's doing a mathematics major, and what? He took, yeah, he's a mathematics <laughs> major. And he's that he's that smart that he talked about the fact that the mathematics he saw as an easier way to get into being an engineer because he actually wants to be an en- an engineering major, and a lot of people wow. told him it was an easier route to doing engineering, uh, and he finds mathematics the mathematics major pretty easy. So wow. he's, he's currently going to be a full time NFL player because he will be. Uh, with a, a mathematics and completing a mathematics major and then an engineering major. Jeez. <laughs> the, the dude That's is cool. the dude is brains for days. Like uh, he's gonna get picked mm. up by someone. But that would be interesting. I would be very interested. Yeah. Very, very happy if the um the Vikings picked up Nolan Smith. Yeah, right. he'd be and good with Davenport, off. by the way. Mm. Just cause saying Davenport, I, I think is a very underrated mm. signing in this whole free agency class. I think the Vikings got a good one in him. For sure. All right, we got to move on. Let's go to Manjot with the Chicago Bears. 
Oh yeah, the Bears. Number two oh, team. Man. Number number two team in the NFC this season. Possibly because you look at this team, they've been making some major moves. You see. They traded their first overall pick to get DJ Moore and the ninth overall pick and a billion others. Essentially fleeced the Panthers in that trade. Massive right. W there for Ryan Poles and that Bears organization. I think they did really well some of their other signings as well. You got TJ Edwards, Tremaine Edmonds at the linebacking core. That's an amazing duo, I think. Robert Tony and a tight end, I like that. Travis Honor and Donta Foreman from the running back position, I really like that as well. So essentially, they're stealing all the Panthers players for some reason. <laughs> so the Bears, I think, are they actually going to improve or are they going to still be around the same? What do you guys think? I'll start with Mark. What do you got for the Bears? Oh, sorry, me but me button got stuck. Um, no. <laughs> It's it's a real. They, they need to do a lot of different things. Uh, the mock draft I saw was Jackson Smith and Jigba, so that's great to add with Claypool. Um, so receiving core will be fine, but it's just what what I, my concern would be is if they don't build this thing right, Fields is going to have a very short career, and he's a yeah. great quarterback. If they don't build it right, he's going to have a short lifespan. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> oh, that O line, yeah, O line might kill him at this point. Like, goddamn. Yeah, they do need to do something about the O line, and uh, they've spent a bit of money. Um, yeah. and they've they've had a good free agency so far. I think one of the yeah. better ones in the league, to be honest. Um, I think but very I think surprised the, they didn't try and get more in the O line. Yeah, well, it's because it, they signed Nate Davis, uh, uh, guard from Tennessee. And they they gave him ten million a year, so they're they're putting money behind it. Um, but you guys are spot on. They they've got to protect uh, Fields, otherwise it's it, he is going to be a a very very short career. Yes, very short, very very short. All right, uh, last one for the NFC North, uh, Brad with the Detroit Lions. Well, so last but but definitely not least, um, your Lions had, in terms of like a positional grouping, they had, I think, the, the biggest improvement of any positional group uh, than any other team in the offseason with their secondary in the pickups of, of Gardner Johnson, uh, Cameron Sutton, David Montgomery. Um, <clears throat> they, they just... Yeah, they they I felt like they hit some home runs with there. And what I like is the the versatility they have in the in the secondary with those guys that they brought in because they can a lot of them uh, they already know each other. Like we saw that uh, Gardner Johnson he basically had a better offer I think with the Eagles, but he decided because of the relationships that he's got that he wanted to come back or, and and be coached um by guys they knew and trusted with Aaron Glenn stuff so I I really really like the additions that they've made I and then Montgomery is a huge not huge but he is an upgrade over uh Williams Williams was great he did his job but Montgomery is Williams plus and in, in that he can catch out of the backfield and he can do some really um he's a little bit more of a dynamic uh I think so I'm looking 
forward to some really, really cool things uh, from the Lions. I, I think they believe that they are going to be in contention. They see that the NFC is wide open. And truthfully, I, I would agree with them. I, I, I'll admit, I watched every game uh, of them last season, and I was worried the first half. But the second half, they were fun to watch. So um, I'm, I'm excited for them. I think they're doing everything they can and then some. My, my question is to you guys, do you think Dan Campbell is the real deal or is he just a kind of a rah-rah guy and his shtick is going to wear thin? After Fine. He, uh, no, man, I love Dan Campbell. I think it's his energy is there and it is the rah-rah energy. But I think yeah. he's, um, his coaching energy too, the way he talks to guys, obviously we got a, a pretty good look at it um, uh, through NFL media as well. Um, you know, and, and all that sort of stuff. But I think he's the coaching energy he brings as well, and the way he uplifts his guys has them together with that camaraderie you were talking about. They um they they know each other. They want to play for each other. Yeah, they were, they were a really fun team to watch last year. Um, the one downside for me so far, sure. this whole thing has been um letting Jamal Williams go. I don't know whether that was such a great idea. Yeah. Um, the kid was just I actually agree so with that. his his um his energy was just so infectious uh as part of that so it's hard to replace that um but I love watching some of these like you're watching a, every every week watching Amon Rasay Brown and and Jameson Williams um and then you know that's sort the of stuff so it was sort of they were great great players great team to watch um I'd love to see them try and do something behind Jared Goff though before it gets too late as well I feel like they're they're one of these teams that one of these franchises that can just leave that decision too late, and then they've got to try and find another um, bridge sort yeah. of quarterback all the time. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I kind of disagree with the last bit you said, though, because I feel like Goff can be the real deal there as well at the Lions. I think he's shown enough to show that he can be a really good quarterback for the Lions in this league. He's a good I quarterback. Think... I'm not saying that. I'm definitely not yeah. saying he's not a good quarterback. But, I'm saying he's, yeah. he's 28 years old and, and his, some of his stats aren't, like, spectacular. Uh, yeah, that was all. I just worry he played with a chip on his shoulder last year and can he sustain that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's, that's a good like, point. You have to also look, is Nate Sudfeld the guy to be to be second there behind Jared Goff, God, who no. has been prone to God, injury? Man. Do you know what I mean? So it's yeah, like, no. who's behind him? It, I wouldn't expect them to use any either their first round picks. Um, what are they got? Six and eighteen. I'd I'd rather yeah, see them use that. Yeah, so they got six, eighteen, and they're not again until fifty-five. Um, yeah, they're so, not to take Christian Gonzalez and Dalton Kincaid, so they're going corner and tight end. Yeah, which is what I would ex- would expect a bit more um, position wise. I'd love to see them use that uh, use like a second or a third round pick on a QB that might still be out there who has. A bit of an upside, but might need another two years. Um, like Hendon Hooker would be a perfect pick for them. Yeah, if he's still around. So he would. I don't think he'll last, but yeah, you're right. He would be. Yeah, well, but I'm it's thinking spot. Stetson Bennett territories around there, second, <laughs> third round. Yeah, but that's that's the point though. You, you sit a guy for a year, maybe a year and a half behind Goff, um, yep. you know, and you you build from there because you you've got the makings of a great team already. Um, yep. Geez, we talked for a long time on the lines. I don't know why. Uh, They're awesome. They are bloody good. It is actually a fun team to watch. Um, <laughs> uh, we might have to pick some teams this year, man, man Jock, to just keep an eye on. Uh, G'day, Gridiron teams or something. Um, 
Righto, NFC South. Uh, who started off last time? Mark did. Let's go with Brad and the Saints. All right, your beloved New Orleans Saints. Um, doesn't it seem like four years ago that when they signed David Carr? I mean, it it it, it blows me away. That was just this, at the beginning of this offseason, but he was virtually, I think, the first uh, signing of that kind of free agency period. I like I like the what the Saints have done. They always think that they're in contention. They they think that they're one step away. Um, I, I like bringing in Jamal Williams. I think that's going to be a good tandem with Mark Ingram. Um, I I'd be curious to to what you guys think. My my question, my concern is they're paying Derek Carr a lot of money. Yeah, uh, you know, two years, sixty million. And it, what Derek Carr are you going to get? Are you going to get last year's Derek Carr, or or are you going to get the previous, you know, 2021, 2020, 2019? Because if you get the older Derek Carr. You're fine. It's worth it. But if you get last year's Derek Carr, forget it. That is, yeah, I'd rather have Andy Dalton back for four million. My so, big problem with the Saints is the QB room because you're in a you're in a proper rebuild now. Anyway, you can't deny mm-hmm. that you're not in a rebuild because well, the they whole, would they they would deny it. No, because, they, I mean, they would deny it because they're up themselves. But the whole thing yeah. is a shit show. Um, yeah, Michael Thomas hasn't been able to stay healthy in two years. Chris Olave is great. Alvin Kamara is like is sort of teetering on the verge of falling off a cliff. Um, so it's great that they've got Jamal. And going to prison. And going yeah. to prison. Yeah. <laughs> so there is that possibility as well, um, allegedly. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I don't understand going out and paying Derek Carr that much money when you could have used it elsewhere and just gone with Jameis for a year uh, yeah. or another two years. You've got Jameis there still. Um, yeah. And he may not be the greatest QB in the league, but someone needs to fucking support the kid at some point. And just let him play, uh, and because that's what he hasn't had. Um, but they've got holes yeah, Mark- everywhere. They've got holes everywhere. They've got like mid-level skill players. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just they're they're a nuts team, nuts franchise, and they should just be building for a future. Mark, I'm curious, what do you think about them? <clears throat> yeah, so I, I I think I agree with um, sort of what you've um, hinted at to start with. So that. They're still living in. I, I still think they're still. They haven't gotten over the breeze thing, in yeah. that they're refusing to rebuild. They just think it's it's a case of just retooling, and they're still relevant. Yeah. Um, I think. Look, I, I like Michael Thomas. Alave showed a heat last year. They're mocked to go after Zay Flowers, who's another burner. Um, I think the offense can be exciting with Jamal Williams. Depending on what happens with Kamara, who knows? But I, I think he alone is enough to keep them relevant. Um, defensively, God, who knows? Um, I I do just think ultimately they do need to just pack it in, do a rebuild and start again. The breeze years are over. Yeah, I would agree with you. Their defense wasn't too bad last year, though, so there's a little bit of optimism that they can really do well because they they were pretty good in defense last year from from the games I saw, they they played well against the Niners and the Eagles, for example. So there there is some hope there for the defense and the offense. I feel like can be improved. And if Michael Thomas has a good year, I think the Saints could have a good year too. Absolutely, right? Great points, boys. Great points. Uh, Major, let's go with the Atlanta Falcons. 
Yeah, Falcons rise up right here. So I don't know how much of a rise up there is because, well, they signed Taylor Heineke, two years, $20 million deal. So we're not sure what the quarterback situation is Anybody who says Ritter is starting over Heineke is on drugs. I like, feel like I actually agree. <laughs> I actually agree with that. But I think they've signed Heineke with $10 million a year to something where he would possibly be that bridge quarterback. Now they also got Mac Hollins, Scotty Miller, Johnny Smith in a trade. They got Caleb McGarry and Chris Lindstrom re-signed, which is good for their O-line. I thought those were two very good moves there. Clay's Campbell just signed yesterday as well, which is pretty interesting. You got Jesse Bates coming in, massive signing. I thought that was their best signing of free agency, apart from their re-signing of Lindstrom. I thought this was a great move for their secondary that's always needed a safety. And look, there's not too much else. Do you guys think the Falcons can be in division contention? Because, boy, that NFC South looks like a trash heap at this point. So it could be anyone's game. Are the Falcons in it to win it? Uh, I don't know. I, I think I think they're. It's wide open. It's uh, such a, see how see how silent we were. That's a, yeah. That's... <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I, I think it's. I think the division's wide open. I think they did everything they could to improve themselves. Um, especially they got better on defense, uh, and and that's what they really needed to do i love bringing back chris lindstrom even though it was a monster contract um and they they got caleb mcgarry so um yeah any who i mean who knows yes they could but um, would i bet on them no i mean uh, to, to your point about lindstrom <laughs> i thought he deserved the money because he was rated as one of the top, if not the top cards yeah. by most football analysts last year. So definitely deserved it. I think <clears throat> I think there's gonna be a good a good chance they could be in it. I think this division's as wide open. As as you guys were saying with the Saints, had they been retooling, maybe that's possibly because of this division being so bad. Wonder what yeah, Mark, think, you got yeah, any thoughts, Mark? I think oh, yeah, it depends on on the the Panthers' quarterback play, but yeah, that's another podcast. Does yeah. uh, I think if they don't, if they they're picking at eight, if they don't throw everything at Arizona to move up and take someone, then they need to trade Kyle Pitts and go into the tank and do everything they can to get Caleb Williams. Mm. Um, Mark, do you want to uh, tell us how Baker Mayfield is going to win a Super Bowl this season? <laughs> Shaken Baker. Um, so free agency power ranking twenty fourth down from twenty three, which is actually not too bad considering what they've lost. Um, so obviously the big acquisition was Baker Mayfield. Um, they also got Chase Edmonds, Greg Gaines, and Jamel Dean. So for me, it's it's a pretty obvious question: is will Baker work out? Um, and ultimately, I, I I love his game. I love the fact he's a gamer. To me, he, he's he's Gardner Minshew, maybe not as I want to say not as much Moxie, but let's face it, he does. Um, Definitely yeah, interested in your thoughts, Banjo. Come on, 
Yeah, all right. I know you want to shit on this. I, just, I know I, you I want to shit all over I this. Want, Let's go. Yeah, I, I'm sorry, guys. I've got to do it. The <laughs> Baker Mayfield we've seen in the last couple of years shows that I, I don't think he has anything left in the tank. That is my very honest view. I don't think there's anything left in the tank for Baker Mayfield. Even with Mike Evans and Chris Goblin as wide receivers and a couple good tight ends as well, I just don't feel like he has enough in the tank to really come back to play who was in 2020. I think he he's past his prime. This dude was really struggling last year on the Panthers who had decent weapons like McCaffrey and DJ Moore. I feel like there wasn't enough support in the O-line. I will agree with that. There is a slightly better O-line in the box here. But still, I just don't believe in the Bank Mayfield hype anymore. It's long gone. I, I was trying to defend him at the end of 2021, trying to say how he should still be the Browns quarterback. But now I see they moved on. I feel I feel like he had that chip on his shoulder last year, but that, that meant nothing to the Panthers. And if he has any chip on his shoulder for the box this year, Look, to be honest, I don't think that that will mean anything for the league. I, I don't think the Bucks will improve with Baker Mayfield. That's just how I feel about the guy. I feel like he's way past his prime. So when you say they won't improve, you mean they'll do the same? Yeah, I feel like they'll so do they'll the get same. To a wild, the... So they'll get to a wild card game, possibly into the first, the next week, oh, second week of the finals. Because that's like what happened same... this year. That's what happened in 2022, Manjo. That's true, but I feel like <laughs> that they, they they might get the same record, but there's other teams that could pass them. I feel like it was definitely it was an interesting uh, Baker Mayfield was an interesting pickup. Um, I'm kind of glad they went that way, even if it is only for uh, a season or two. Um, it is interesting because as we as we the the question that we were just asked uh, last about can who can win this division essentially, um, it's it's wide open. Um, so mm. giving Mayfield a bit of a chance here to actually, I guess you give him a chance to prove himself really, um, to yeah. the whole league because they, they, there's no one behind him at the moment. It's Kyle Trask, Jesus Christ. But, um, he's got a, he's got a pretty star started lineup in, uh, around him on offense. So as you say, Evans and Godwin, um, Rashad White there as well, you know, Russell Gage as well, um, there's guys there that have proven themselves in years past with Tom Brady. So you go, hey, Baker, these guys know what they're doing. Can you get the ball to them? Can you do something with it? Here's your chance to say, I, I should still be here. Yeah. Um, if not, you know, start a maybe a, a really quality um, uh, backup QB. So before, before, yeah. Yeah, go, I would say before, before, we, before we move on. Out of the 32 teams, where do you think Tampa Bay ranks in terms of quarterback spending? Oh, spending. I know that they, uh, <clears throat> they're like the lowest, aren't they? They are. They're yeah. 32 out of mm. 32. So that's why I like the Baker Mayfield. They're paying it's, him $1.7 million. It's a, brilliant, it's a brilliant pickup. It's a weird pickup, but in terms of like money-wise uh, and accounting, yeah. uh, it's yeah. just unmatched. You're paying him... I think that's less than a uh, a rookie QB salary. I oh, jeez. Or it's just about <laughs> – I think some rookie QBs are only earning about 900K. Yeah. Well, yeah. he's he's made so much money off of endorsements when he when he was relevant that he's not hurting. Oh, no, absolutely yeah. not. Um, uh, Manjot should have been able to tell me this, but uh, Brock Purdy – yeah, it's as, 828k. As, I'm pretty sure from what example, I said earlier today. 
no, his base salary for this year is 870k. Brock Purdy yeah. and Baker Mayfield is on 1.2 million. Let's just tell me this. I mean, I know they're not the same player, and Purdy has a much bigger ceiling um, and probably a much bigger floor as well. Um, but Jesus, it's what a pickup. So, uh, right on. Panthers. One was the first pick, one was the last pick. Love Correct. it. Correct. Love it. Absolutely. Panthers, uh, it's official, boys. I am buying a Panthers jersey this season. Uh, <laughs> I will be an a, 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 uh, official Panthers fan at some point in 2023. Um, Number zero? When I No, mate, no way. I'm buying a 19. <laughs> because the Panthers made, made a brilliant pickup for my boy Adam Thielen. Uh, signed into a three-year, $25 million deal, dollar deal. Um, it's a great deal for him. It is more than what the Vikings were able to, to offer him, which is good on Adam for saying he was worth more and he wanted more. They've also signed, done some other great signings. I think Hayden Hurst, great pickup. Uh, DJ Chark, um, of course, in their contract. So Miles Sanders. Um, uh, what else we going with? There were some other really good ones in amongst all this this list. Von Bell. Hayden Hurst. What a great one. I said Hayden Hurst. Thank you, Major. Yeah. Um, Brad Bozeman re-signed the three-year contract for only $18 million, uh, in centre. That's a great centre contract. Um, and possibly, though, the, the strangest contract of all was, was the Andy Dalton one. It is only a two-year $11 million deal, a dollar deal, um, only $8 million guaranteed. So it is very, very low. Uh, but unfortunately, it's the same... Talk that we have with Baker Mayfield, which and uh, who else? Derek Carr. Which version of Andy Dalton do you get? Which one do you get? But we all know now that the Panthers traded up for the number one pick in the draft, and they are most certainly taking a rookie QB. There are, um, I think, the biggest talks have mostly been Mark. It's all been um, uh, Stroud, hasn't it? A lot of Stroud, a lot of Richardson. Um... The Dalton move makes me think they are probably going to go Richardson. Yeah, just because um, you can sit him for a year. And yeah, yeah, pretty much. And just let him redshirt. Same as what the um, Chiefs did with Mahomes. There's yeah. the blueprint. We know it works as long as the quarterback can develop properly. Yeah. Um, it's just whether that organization can develop a quarterback. Which is why I think that the, the Thielen, the Hayden Hurst three-year deals and the Miles Sanders four-year deals are great signings because if you sit Richardson for a year... You've got guys who are in a system, have learned a system, who are experienced alongside a rookie QB in year two. Um, and that exactly is the Chiefs' blueprint, isn't it? Yeah. When they made that trade up for the drafter to get that first overall pick, it was during the middle of Richardson's hype when it was starting to build up during the combine. So I really thought that when that trade was announced, I've been thinking ever since that Richardson would be the first overall pick. Everyone's been on the Stroud or Young trains. I think Richardson is probably my first overall pick at this point today, not because he's the best QB, but because he has the best potential. I think the Panthers think them way, this way too. A lot of Panthers fans that I have talked to, because I do know a few, have all been on, uh, everybody's around Panthers has been on the CJ Stroud train. Uh, they've all gone, that's the guy. Um, and I think it's more to do with the fact that he, uh, the, the look and feel of the way he plays, his height, his ability is Cam Newton. And there's that. Mm. They've still got that star-studded Cam Newton thing in their head, um, mm-hmm. which is a 
which is obviously just classic Panthers. So, <clears throat> right, let's move on to our final division in the NFC. We're on to NFC West. Let's start with Manjot <laughs> and the San Francisco 49ers. Now, do we give Manjot the full three minutes before I start this? Yes. No. <laughs> uh-huh. Just give him everybody's three minutes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man, John. Let's uh, go. Oh, boy. Man, I've, I've been looking forward to this, actually. Been looking forward to talking about my San Francisco 49ers. Been a massive offseason for us. Lots of gains, lots of losses as well. So, look. A lot of 49 splinter franchises have been starting up in places such as Houston and Tennessee this year. We've seen Daniel Bronsko as this Al Shire leave, as well as Jimmy Ward. You've got Samson Ebukam, and of course the big ones, Mike McGlinchey, who I said last episode, I was very happy to see him walk. And Jimmy Garoppolo, I'm happy to see him walk too. His time was done with the Niners, unfortunately. But thanks for your service, man. Now, on to the signings. Now, this is where I like... I, I like the signings this year. I love the Javon Hargrave signing. Best signing, I reckon, in the whole free agency for the Niners. I feel like four years, $84 million, massive signing for the Niners. I feel like this team is ready to build around Hargrave. They got Bosa and Armstead on that D-line with Hargrave. Boy, I I have I am literally drooling right now. Like thinking about that oil a D-line right there. Uh, Isaiah Oliver for you is a pretty good cornerback signing. And then some of our re-signings, of course, Tabor Pepper, the long snapper. Can't go wrong with that. Got Ross Dwelly, Drake, Jake Brandle. I thought it was a pretty good signing at center. Just re-signing him, getting him back. A back off in John Fasiliano. I thought that was a pretty good one too. Now, interesting one, Sam Donald. I thought that was a pretty good one as I feel like he was the best backup QB we could have gotten in free agency. It's a very interesting situation with the Niners of how how it ended last year with how the QB situation just got absolutely fucked in Philly. It was just, it was a nightmare. I don't think they've made that situation any better with Sam Donald, by the way. I feel like he's a serviceable enough backup. And I, feel like he's, I feel like he's a QB who's also injury prone. So, uh, I mean, we can see. He we is. can see. <laughs> so, I mean, there is, a... is he the best one? Someone picked up Jacoby Prissett. Uh, oh, man. Uh, yeah, maybe. Maybe. You know what I mean? How are you going to feel week one when Sam Donald is throwing to Debo Samuel and missing long throws? Uh, oh, can't hit Brandon Ayuk in the end zone. Christian McCaffrey tries to take on too much because Sam Donalds just can't manage anything. And then Christian McCaffrey ends up breaking another, snapping another limb. Like, oh boy, don't don't make me think of those because Trey Lance is starting. I know that. But no, also, no, but if the talk's been that Sam oh, Donalds, no, 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 no. Go Trey, Lance is, Trey Lance is not going to start. Trey Lance is Trey not starting. The Trey Lance experiment needs to end. What? While he's still no. got some trade, if they put him out there oh. and he underperforms, yes, he will be after dead. what they saw from Purdy. They, Purdy got them to the playoffs. They'll get nothing yes. for him. They will get nothing for Trey Lance. They need to trade him now. I disagree because Purdy's not going to be ready for Week One. The guy yeah. is nowhere near ready. Right, Sam right Donald now. is the only healthy QB you've got right now. And they've already oh, said Trey that, Lance will be ready for week and one. They already said not Sam, right. We're Sam not playing Donald, right now. We're playing in September. Sam Donald Trey... is going to be competing against Purdy in camp for for a position. 
No, Trey Lance is going to be there. I'm no, sure. they've already stated and they've already stated it, man. No, Trey Lance is Trey Lance has got a chance to be on this roster. I know that, like in my heart, he I does. But like... Mark's right. If they put him out there and he and he underperforms again, his value is going to be in the tank. Yeah, but he does have a lot of upside that we saw in the pre-draft process. I feel like there is enough there for Trey Lance to be starting. I, I still have full belief in the kid. I'm probably the only person in the world right now who wants Trey Lance to be starting week one. Even when Purdy went to have playoff run, I was still saying Lance is starting week one. I'm probably one of the very, very few people in the world that could actually confidently say that I want Trey Lance to be starting on the 49ers in week one. It's funny because your coach didn't even want Trey Lance. I mean, look, look. Your coach didn't even want to pick him. He didn't want to pick the guy. I will be honest. I was one of the guys that did bully bully Shanahan into doing that. I will be honest. that We did not want Mac Jones on our team. And look, after what I've seen, I, I feel like even though like Lance has been injured, there has been science, there's been flashes of his potential. And if, if you were looking last year, he, he was not doing that well because he played in a monsoon against Chicago and they got injured in the second game. So with Lance, I feel like there is still a chance for him. I feel like give Lance a chance. There we go, my new hashtag for 2023. You better, put, you better put that as a hashtag on every yeah, point The problem is... He- he hasn't put anything on tape. There's nothing in a physical game that tells you that he is going to elevate that roster. And it's true. Potential, but Mate. the knock on him, the knock on him coming out of college is that he didn't have enough of a sample size to quantify what sort of quarterback he would be at a professional level. And unfortunately, like everything you've seen so far has backed that up. Yes, because at parts of last season, early last season, man, Jimmy G outperformed Trey Lance. Yes, Her, that's he true. deserves a chance to start, and he should. He should absolutely start. Yeah, if you yes. get, if all three QBs are healthy, it should be Purdy starting. I, I do agree after that playoff run, but Purdy's not going to be healthy by week one, and I'm worried about that arm injury. Like, that arm injury is really serious. I feel like this is where we need to get serious, is that Purdy it's might a, not be the same player with that sim- arm injury. No, nah, your arm heals. Your, your, your arm will still heal, even after surgery. It's going to heal, and it's going to heal just like he was before. Then what it comes down to is the heart and the, the player being able to get over that injury and get over the fear that they're going to re-injure themselves. The dude was like, he was shit-canned for his whole life, you know what I mean? And he had to fight against everything. So I believe that yeah. that kid's got enough heart and enough balls to, to just go out there and go, no, this is me. I'm going to do this. So as long as he is actually healthy and, it, and it, once it heals itself, um, He's gonna he's gonna shit all over this roster. That's like yeah. I mean, look, and then they won't, as then, long as that QV wins, I, I'm good. And again, as long- and again, the, uh, if they play Trey Lance, <laughs> like Mark said, he'll have no. They won't be able to do anything with him. So Lance may not think- be able to run like he used to either with his leg injury. True. Yeah, that's Sam, that's true. Sam Darnold certainly isn't the same as he was after his injury. So it's just funny. That guy he's- needs to sit for a year. Yeah. Anyway, just not play quarterback. Uh, Brad, did you want to get as a Cowboys fan? Did you want to give Mandrew any shit before we move on? Because we've been on this for six minutes now. <laughs> oh no, the, the 49ers are trash. I hate them. I don't yeah, good. Right, that's what I thought you'd say. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's get the Rams out of the way because we really don't want to be talking about the Rams last. Um, 
the Rams, where are my notes? Hey, there they are. The Rams have done basically nothing. We talk about the Packers doing nothing so far. Uh, the Rams got, let go of a few guys because they couldn't afford anybody after they went to the tank last season. Um, they acquired Hunter Long in a trade with the Dolphins, uh, along with the 2023 seventh, uh, sorry, 2023 third round pick, so the number 77 overall, in exchange for. Jalen Ramsey, um, strange trade, but uh, Ramsey probably wanted out after last season. They re-signed Coleman Shelton and Marquise Copeland. So who are the Rams? Um, who, are the, who are the Rams after 2023? I don't I don't know what's going on with this team. At this point in time, they have, um, they have no backup QB. They have Matthew Stafford, who wasn't even sure that he wanted to play anymore. Um, they have Cam Akers. For now, uh, which is great, um, but that's a for now thing. They have a still injured Cooper Cup, uh, so he's questionable, so he's still coming off an injury, as well as Alan Robinson. Uh, Van Jefferson is still there. Um, yes, I don't know what's going on, really. Um, it just dumbfounds me. It, it was obviously a shock to everybody that the Rams would go from a Super Bowl to such depths. Um, mm. So and I don't know how they're going to get themselves out of this. They really cashed in their future for that Super Bowl. Um, yeah. And sometimes you really have to question whether it's worth it or not to go to that that extent um, to just destroy this. They have zero depth, basically, across the entire roster. The The, the defense looks so woeful. They I think they've got half a, basically half a side of the football um, in defense, which is just insane. Uh, and offense looks no better. I don't know. Is there anything else to really say about the Rams other than they are the biggest what the fuck of free agency? Put a fork in them. They're done. Uh, I mean, even their GM said that they're going to hit the brakes um, on on them uh, and they're going to change their tactic just because they overspent and all that. So I think uh, they're they're not going to be relevant next year or the, or the year after that, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, look, as a Niners fan, enjoying this downfall right now, you know, that my sister's wedding, I'll be wearing some trash clothes. And, you know, I'm in my nice clothes right now, um, watching the Niners, uh, watching the Rams downfall, sorry. You know, we love to see it here in, in San Fran. But look, in all seriousness, their last, last year's offseason for them was an absolute failure. And that's what set up their bad season. That Allen Robinson contract, that was that was the start of something bad. The way they really traded away all their picks, really disregarded the draft process, and they've just gone all in. That's going to cost them in the future. This could be a team that really, even though they did win the Super Bowl, they're going to really struggle to find a foothold in that LA sports market. And that could be a very, very worrying sign for their future. They might fail to sell out SoFi Stadium for a good 25 years even. Uh, that that could be a projection that I can make of on like I, I don't even know what data I can make that projection on. But looking at what we've seen with their fans already and how it's not improved with a Super Bowl win, it's going to be tough to gain a foothold in that market. So I, it could be I, a very long. Generation. I generally I generally wonder how long they're going to last in the LA market uh, or whether they'll have to move that franchise again. To be honest, because they they may have killed this this franchise. I think 25 years is a bit strong, 
But I think yeah. for at least the next five, maybe the ten, all stretch it all the way to ten years, they've really done some detriment to this franchise. So uh, just by chasing one Super Bowl. So in the end, as I said, is it worth it? And that's the biggest question. So, uh, Mark, uh, the Kyler Murrayless Arizona Cardinals. Speaking of what the fuck franchises, <laughs> let's go to the Cardinals. <laughs> Free agency power ranking. They were 29th. They are now the worst team in football. Um, oh. Acquisitions were Zach Pascal, Dennis Daly, Kaiser White. Um, and you know what? You know things are, are pretty tough when the team's top headline is their recently retired player, JJ Watt, went to Taylor Swift concert. Yeah. Um yeah, look, the 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 biggest question for this franchise is is Kyler Murray actually the answer or do they just need to cut their losses and walk away? Yeah, well, like obviously they're gonna be without Kyler Murray for a period of time too. Um yeah, to start the season. So uh I can't I was just trying to find when they're thinking he'd be back cover time because he's got a torn ACL. So it's likely he's not gonna be back for the entire season. So I think the big question is uh, for the Cardinals franchise is: Do you basically just write off twenty twenty three? Just tell Kyler to just just manage Kyler and say get healthy, uh, go on the tank, and go for some higher draft picks to to sort of shore up some things that you need to before twenty twenty four. I I wasn't a big Kyler fan just simply because of his off the field attitude or, or just it, it, from, from my understanding, everything I've read, he's just not completely committed to the game and you have to be just eat, sleep and breathe football at the quarterback position. Yeah. In, in, if you're going to be successful in the NFL and I don't think that's his makeup. Um, so I personally, I I'd move on from him because especially because what's his game, his game is mobility and it, with a torn ACL, it, it he's going to be, you know, what, at best 70% of what he was uh, this next season. And then maybe he'll get it back up to 90%. Um, but I don't, I don't think he'll ever be as mobile uh, as he was. And he's just, to me, he's a little petulant baby. Um, so I'm, I've never been a big Kyler Murray fan. Um, Brad, there is one thing wrong. You said, you said, what is his game? His mobility? No, his game is Call of Duty. That is his whole game. Hundred <laughs> percent. His whole life is based around Call of Duty. He does so badly on them double XP weekends, and I think there's definitely some truth. And look, they made the wrong head coach hire too. Jonathan Gannon, the Eagles' defensive coordinator from last season. I don't think he was the right hire for them. They needed an offensive-minded head coach again to develop. Kyle Murray, but then they went to a defensive-minded head coach who also demonstrated that he could not stop Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl, where he and his play calls actually led to the Eagles losing that game. So I feel like the Cardinals, they're going down another trash heap. They're going to be in really bad state for about four to five years. They're going to be in a really bad state. I'm worried for their future as well because this is a team that I feel like they they could be a lot better than they are because 
you got DeAndre Hopkins, you got Kyle Murray, you got James Conner. Like, there's some good pieces there, but they just don't have the right mindset, any of them. It just mm. feels like the coaching's not there. Kyle Murray's headspace is not there. He's too much in that Call of Duty BS. It's just not good enough for the Cardinals, you know? Yep. Definitely. Definitely. It's really sad. You think a couple of years ago, they had Larry Fitzgerald, that David yeah. Johnson, that mm. Car- uh, Carson Palmer. Like, they had some re- like, really elite players. And now to see how shit they are. Oh, that yeah. team really, really brings back sad. so many memories. Oh, wow. Yeah. It does. All right. Very last team of the NFC West and of the NFC all together. Brad, bring us home with the Seattle Seahawks. Oh, my Seattle Seahawks. Thank you very, very much. <laughs> uh, I, will, I will say, having gone to a bunch of their games in person, um, and full disclosure, it was because they were the only local team. So, um, And when I say local, they were four hours away. But if you're a football fan, you drive four hours and think nothing of it. Um, so their stadium is the most cool stadium I've ever experienced of any pro sport. The, the the loudest stadium experience I ever had was seeing them play against the Cowboys when the Cowboys lost and Tony Romo dropped a field goal. Anyway, we won't go into that, but it's just – I'll give Seattle props where it's due. That is the best stadium in the world. Um, free agency, I thought they did okay. I thought they did pretty good. I mean, they got Draymond Jones, defensive tackle from Denver. He was arguably one of the best free agents around. The, Seattle's restructuring their defense. Um, and so uh, they're going to look into more of a 3-4 uh, defensive line. So it'll be really interesting. They also brought in Jaron Reed, who was with them. And he was moved to the Packers. Now he's coming back. But I love bringing in safety Julian Love. I think, I mean, they've got three of the top 11 higher t- highest paid safeties in the NFL. Um, but I think there's con- some concerns um, if everybody, you know, is, is going to be able to, to stay healthy, Jamal Adams, and what's going to happen with him. But what I really like what they did more than any of that was probably the, the deal for Geno Smith and the the restructuring that they were able to do they got him on a lower salary than it than it would have been if they would have franchise tagged him it, well it, potentially so it's it, i love the, the restructuring they did there i, I love the way they've set themselves up for the draft so uh i i like what they're doing and and i i think they could make a push um they could be a dark horse for that division sorry man Jot. But uh, I, I think they could they could make some noise in that division. I don't know. What do you guys think? I love that Geno Smith um, signing. I love that contract mm. session for for Geno Smith. Um, yeah. It, up until up until this contract, uh, all of Geno Smith's contracts, I think it only totaled something like um, I think it was like ten to twelve million dollars in total. That's all he made in total across his entire time in the league. Uh, wow. And the guy basically just got $40 million in guarantees. Uh, 27.3 is fully guaranteed at signing. Um, so it's a it's a huge contract for him. And I guess it's the Seahawks rewarding him for uh, such a great job last season and, and showing yeah. that he can definitely 
he was on a prove it contract essentially, and he proved it. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I, I love that contract for him. Uh, I think he can do a pretty decent job with the team that they got in the way that Pete Carroll wants to play the game. Um, he is the quarterback that is indicative of the way Pete Carroll wants to play. So, yeah. Um, yeah. No, I, I do agree. I feel like Geno Smith was probably their best signing. Their defense, their front seven got a lot better, I think. And look, even with Brad's, you know, manjot hate, apparently, it seems gone for <laughs> all the teams that hate, that the Niners fans hate. I feel like I did. I did pick up on that when he asked for the Seahawks and the Lions as well as the Cowboys. So uh, uh, Lions, was... Lions aren't Lions aren't. Oh, it was a right, touch of irony, not... and I loved it every bit of it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But look, even for that hatred from Brad, I do have to agree. They're only real competition in the division. And look, you know what the Niners like. Fuck, if, if someone goes down tomorrow, I wouldn't even be surprised. Like, someone gets an injury, like, jet skiing somewhere in, like, fucking Cabo. Wouldn't be surprised. Man, we'd have to put you on life support if someone went down tomorrow. Oh, <laughs> uh, if, if, I, if I owned their jersey, I think I'm... Ah, uh, man, yeah, I'd be a life support. Uh-huh. Easily, you might yeah, be the one so... burning jerseys in bins. That <laughs> never happens uh-huh. again. Oh, God. Hopefully we win that division, though. We should with all our signings. I thought we we did a good job. You know, see. Are we talking about Are we talking about the 49ers or the Seahawks here? I would love the division. Everything he goes back to the 49ers when he Uh, whenever he talks Seahawks. Can I just? He did this last season too. Whenever it was 49ers Seahawks talk, we always had to go back to the 49ers. (laughs) It reverts. Yeah. Um, I just had just a couple of draft notes. So, um. They're mocked to take Tyree Wilson, Ed Rush from Texas Tech at pick five, and Jalen Carter, D-line from Georgia. So if they land those two Good players, picks. that instantly makes their pass rush so much better. What are they at? They're, oh. five, what, they're five and what, Mark? What was the other pick? Uh, five, and it's in the teens. It's another first round, isn't it? It's After like 19, King Kade. Yeah, sorry, pick pick 20. Pick 20, yeah. So yeah. Carter would be they're at two, five and two, Tyree's at 20. They're two very good picks. Five, you get to almost pick anybody you want because you don't need a QB. And um, and when you get in that sort of 15 to 20 range, you sort of go, well, I still don't need a QB, so they're all gone. Uh, in theory, your better wide receivers should be gone. The tight ends will definitely be gone. So, yeah, you, you're left with the better pieces of the defense to choose from again, mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, well, this is great. So yeah, two that's two, uh, two good the placements. Thing about for Seattle is they are the, the most unpredictable team when it comes in in the draft. Oh they, yeah, they they're like what the Raiders used to be, and and you just don't know what's gonna what they're gonna do. So it would not shock me if they took a quarterback. It wouldn't. It'd be so. That would be it. Would be it would be a very it would be a very Seahawks thing. To pick a QB yeah. or to pick a wide receiver and piss off yeah. Metcalf or Tyler Lockett, yeah. like it'd be, yeah. <laughs> uh, it'd just I mean, be, it'd be yeah. a very Seahawks thing. The logical thing would be to take defensive players because that's what you need. But, <laughs> yeah, or O line, or O line. Like they they need still need yeah. back. They need depth on the O line too. So yeah, yeah. I can't wait till we do that um, that draft recap 
the retrospective on the drafts and you guys get to see my reactions from whichever year it's from. So I'm not trying to spoil it for the audience. Hey, no, 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 we done anyway. So we'll, we'll just sort of go through. That's coming up next anyway. So yeah. that was good, boys. Good. That was a good round. That's the NFC around. We've done the AFC and NFC. I liked it. Um, that's a good first go for us. So I think we can improve. Uh, yep. I think if we gave our own grade here, it'd be for me, it'd be a solid C. Um, so that's a pass, that's a pass, it's a pass, <laughs> but there's room for improvement, right? So, uh, it's definite room Story for C plus or B minus. Come on, man, you've got to give us a little bit more credit. As, yeah, see, as everyone can tell, Manjot's not used to having such a low grade. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Right, we are we're going to be back um, next week with the first of our 2019 draft grades, where we are going to go through the 2019 draft for the AFC teams uh, and have a look at the players that they drafted and try and give them an overall dra- grade for that particular draft. Um, I thought, or well, we thought, this was a great idea rather than trying to do dra- draft grades after this season's draft, as everyone does, um, which is sort of a bit pointless because you don't know how a player's going to turn out. 2019, the majority of players should be pretty much at the end or, or already on to their first professional contract. Um, so we should know at this point uh, how good some of those players are. So we're going to dive into those AFC, then the week after the NFC, just as we've done now. Uh, and then start having a look out for some of our mock drafts. Um, the boys and I are all going to do uh, a mock draft. We're going to come together um, on that week leading up to the draft and go through and do the G'day Gridiron, the first G'day Gridiron draft spectacular. I, I don't like that name too much. We need to work on that. I think we need yeah. to workshop the name. Um, Can't be like McAfee. He's got no, draft spectacular. It's, here. it's Yeah. Other people have a draft spectacular too, so I think we need to work. Draft extravaganza. Oh, extravaganza is a good word. Yeah, there we go. Long to something. Do we need to get mock in there as well, though, or do we just? Ah, I don't know. We need to workshop this. Let's workshop this. (laughs) Um, Get a gridiron mocking the draft. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) double meaning there. (laughs) It's double meaning there. Right. Anyway, we'll be back. As always, you can you find us on uh, on socials, G'day Green Iron, uh, at G'day Green Iron on Facebook and Instagram. You can still find Manjot hunting about, posting little bits and pieces at the moment at Pastry Press NFL. Did you change that recently? No, you still are at Pastry Press NFL. Oh, right? yeah. No, I changed the Twitter. My personal Twitter is now at Pastry Press NFL. Too. There we go. So you'll find Manjot on Insta and Twitter. Um, so two places to get uh, a noted in for talking a lot about 49ers. Um, <laughs> Facebook too. Don't worry. That, Mark, what are, Mark, you got anything coming out this week? Uh, working on just a different source for a mock draft. So again, just another looking at um, more offensive players um, that you might be looking at in your upcoming rookie drafts. Uh, look to probably have that out ideally early next week. Right. So look at look at that on. Um, it's no huddle dynasty, of course. Uh, um, Maddie usually puts it up on the Aussie NFL fantasy feed as well. Um, 
but you just look out for posts on all our socials. We'll all post about it um, and retweet it. Uh, big thanks to Brad for being back. Two shows in, Brad. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. It was great. Had a blast. It's nice to be able to talk football with people that care about it as much as I did. <laughs> yeah. Yes, definitely. Weird, but it is. We do. <laughs> All right. No worries, boys. Well, until next week, then, eh? Thank you very much. Thank you, everyone. Thanks, guys.